Disney's Port Orleans Resort seems to sing out the fabulous, fun, and wonderful whimsy of the French Quarter. There's a cleverly themed Mardi Gras-style food court and fine family dining at Bonfol Meals Cafe. Disney's Dixie Landings Resort recreates the warmth and hospitality of the Old South with cozy rooms and stately Southern-style mansions and charming bayou dwellings, plus delicious Southern-style cooking at Boatwright's Dining Hall. Welcome back to that Park Life Podcast. I'm a little disappointed that um, that intro was not in a southern accent, so we're going to try to make that right okay, when I can't we get wait. into our, uh, our topic for the day. But I'm Beth, hanging out here with... I'm Greg, as always. Excited to talk about some two nice, moderate Disney resorts, Port Orleans Riverside yeah. and Port Orleans French Quarter. One of them previously had another name, which I'm sure we'll get to in our history section we're of gonna it. We're going to talk about it. Yes. Um, before we jump into our big topic, I do want to let everyone know that next week we're doing a part two of our Disney confessions and we want to make sure we hear yours. So we need some. Yes. Now, because of the nature of this topic, we do want to give you an option to submit it anonymously. Anonymously. Yes. So we'll, we'll put a link to our website in this episode description. Um, you'll see right there, submit your Disney confession um, or you can reply. I'm sure I'll post it to our story throughout the week. If you don't mind it being, we won't use your name anyway, but if you don't mind yeah. outing yourself, but for it to be truly anonymous and I, we really won't know who you are because the form won't ask you your name. It'll just ask you for your Disney confession. Um, you'll have a couple of days from hearing this and then we'll make sure we'll do it on our next episode. Because these are my confessions. <laughs> I need to go back in. I can't remember what lyrics I used for my song last time, but um, I feel like most of the things that come in anonymous, anonymously are going to be from Greg anyway. So just submit yours and I'll be like, Greg, that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> just like last time, I will be submitting mine in there and I won't say which one mm-hmm. is mine. Um, I think that's kind of the I'm fun. I'm just going to try to guess. The fun of I'll it. i guessing. Um, yeah. So that could be the fun game for you too. You could be like, oh, that was a Greg one, I bet. <laughs> yes. Our patrons will know because I told the story of what it was on our patch chat this week. But um, yeah. you, the rest of you, sorry, won't, won't necessarily know. But enough about next week. Let's talk about our main topic today. We're doing a resort rundown on two resorts, Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter and Disney's Port Orleans Riverside. Uh, So we're going to start, as we always do, with what Disney says about each of these resorts. So I'm going to start with Riverside. And it says, from the stately white column mansions of Magnolia Bend to alligator bayous, (laughs) quaint backwoods cottages, delight in a picturesque setting that evokes the romance of rural Louisiana. Take a short walk along the Sasagula River to Disney's Port Orleans Resort French Quarter, known for southern specialties like gumbo, jambalaya, and beignets. And then it talks about French Quarter and says, Revel in the romance of pageantry in New Orleans' historic French Quarter at this moderate resort hotel. <laughs> Discover cobblestone streets, gas lamps, wrought iron balconies, and fragrant magnolia blossoms, along in colorful Mardi Gras characters and the sounds of jazz. Then stroll along the lushly landscaped Sasagula River to Disney's Port Orleans Resort Riverside, where the bayou beckons and do, as do Cajun and Creole specialties. Oh my God. It's like molasses has fallen <laughs> out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm from the South. I still know some people that talk like this. Um, so yeah, so we're talking about Riverside and French Quarter, and we're going to jump into some history here. Guys, you know it's my favorite when somebody has an entire website dedicated to the resort. Yes. Because they had... I was looking at other websites, and I'm like, they clearly got all their information from this website, yes. but it's so thorough. 
So it's portorleans.org. Oh, a dot org. Want, yeah, it's a dot org. I was like, oh, get it. So if you want more, it's portorleans.org. Or, you know, if you're listening to this and you are from this website, you've done some amazing work. Amazing work. <laughs> And I think we yeah. kind of had good timing with the way this episode worked out because it was recently announced that these two resorts are reopening in October. So that was mm-hmm. a great time to book. If it's been a while since you stayed at these, um, hopefully some of the information that we give you today will help you out. But they, they both yeah. opened by the uh, middle and end of October. So we're kind of like right in the pocket of time to go book for these resorts. Yeah, because it's a ginormous resort. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Um, all right. So in an interview in 1982, Walt Disney World Executive Vice President Dick Nunes, is mm-hmm. that how you say his name? Um, he proposed a new development to go near the Empress Lily Steamboat-inspired restaurant in the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village, which is a.k.a. Disney Springs to us. Uh, the expansion was to include an intricately themed resort hotel complex designed to evoke the relaxing, laid-back feel of the city of New Orleans, which would be very reminiscent of Disneyland's New Orleans Square. Mm. So they like didn't kind of want to do the same thing, but something similar. Okay. Um, surrounding the the new steamboat that they had there would be a variety of themed buildings with affordably priced guest rooms on the upper levels and then restaurants and retail outlets on the ground floor so sadly this plan never materialized during the turbulent early 80s because they there were soaring costs at that time there was lower attendance um you know we talked about this before with epcot center like more things were they were trying to get epcot done that was like the focus so a lot of things kind of fell to the wayside Um, And then they had, you know, a lot of like turbulence in the corporate like part of Disney as well was going on. So it says, however, in the world of Imagineering, as we all know, good ideas like this, they never actually die. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea of the two level resort hotel and shopping concept um, eventually reappeared in the mid 1990s. And we've already covered these resorts uh, from Disney's Boardwalk Resort. So that's something you might think of. So they didn't like get rid of that idea altogether, but it did end up coming together in another resort. So it was Disney's Boardwalk and then also Caribbean Beach, which we which we talked about. Mm-hmm. So on the success of those two resorts, the New Orleans theme concept like was resurrected. They were like, okay, well now maybe we can revisit this. Um, but instead of being located directly within their rapidly expanding Disney Springs area, it was relocated to create a brand new themed area to be accessed via a new waterway. So um, the project architects on this were Fugelberg Coke <laughs> Architects of Winter Park, Florida. Sorry if I'm botching this. There are some names that I am going to botch in this, and I totally apologize. If you're listening and you're like, that's not how it said, Beth. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably saying that to myself in my head. Um, so, And obviously Disney development was part of this, but those were the architects they used. Groundbreaking on these um, com- commenced in the fall of 1989. Also, this architecture firm you may know because they have done old key west resort and they also did the caribbean beach resort so same uh-huh. architects there and they worked with the disney development company so they've done a few things around the thing um groundbreaking for the resort commenced in the fall of 1989 and it says disney port orleans resort first opened its door to the public on may 17th of 1991 wow. so just a couple of years to get that one up um So we'll talk a little bit more about construction and theming and all of that stuff. The theme obviously is New Orleans, French Quarter, Antebellum South. And then the areas were the French Quarter, Magnolia Bend, and Alligator Bayou. So originally it featured just 432 guest rooms and three buildings. The room count was soon increased to 1,008 as construction on the remaining four buildings was completed. The new Port Orleans Resort was linked back to the existing Disney Village Marketplace. So um, by the Sasagula River. So that was like the man-made... Um, it's a two and a half mile waterway that was man-made, named after the Native American word for Mississippi. So that's oh, what Sasagula means. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
fun fact there. So after this, this was kind of just the start of an even more ambitious project. Further down the New River, they had Dix, uh, Disney's Dixie Landings Resort. And this opened to the public on February 2nd of 1992, and this featured the rustic-style Alligator Bayou Lodge buildings. Shortly after that, Phase 2 of the second resort opened with the more elegant sophistication of the Magnolia Bend Mansion buildings, bringing the total number of guest rooms up to 2,048. So this was a pretty like fast-growing mm. result, uh, resort like that they were putting together. Um, Disney's Port Orleans R- Resort Riverside has a three-and-a-half-acre recreation area called Old Man Island, which houses the resort's 158,000-gallon uh, swimming pool. It has a large rustic sawmill-themed water slide and a hot tub. The island also contains a children's playground and a fishing hole where guests can rent cane fishing poles and bait for, small, for a small fee. There are also five smaller, quiet swimming pools at Disney's Port Orleans Riverside. Excuse me. I'm like, Riverside? (laughs) Uh, Three located within the Alligator Bayou section and two in the Magnolia Bend area. Riverside has a marina where guests can rent bicycles. And you can also rent uh, personal watercrafts. Like, originally you could rent personal watercrafts. They also had horse-drawn carriage rides that they did in the evening time. And then the French Quarter side featured a it says a Dubloon Lagoon I guess is the name of it the Dubloon yeah, that's Lagoon yeah big pool there yeah two hundred twenty five thousand gallon pool uh, it has a sea serpent themed water slide named Scales that is jockeyed by King Neptune the area also includes a hot tub and a children's playground the cool thing about that slide is you're basically going down the tongue of the sea serpent so as a kid serpent. it was like yeah like I knew it was weird but it was fun cool but also scary yeah um all right so let's talk about renovations and upgrades because there are a bunch here there's some i'm oh, not yeah. going to get into but there's still a lot of other ones so the it's Bonfamille's cafe mm-hmm. full service restaurant adjacent to the main lobby it closed its doors for the last time at the end of service service on august 5th of 2000 and Boatwright's dining hall the remaining full service restaurant at dixie landings continue to serve both sections of the resort on April 1st of 2001, Port Orleans and Dixie, La- Dixie Landings officially merged to form one large resort. Uh, sorry, resort. The reason for the merger was never officially announced, but most people assumed that it was due to the like kind of inferred racial and slavery like undertones with the whole like Dixie Landings. So uh, the Dixie Landings like cotton plantation backstory. They basically were trying to get away from that at that point. Mm-hmm. So that was like the rumor, I guess. I mean, because they're probably never going to come they're out and say not like, gonna say, yeah. sorry, we were racist. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't Oops, realize racism. It. Yeah. Um, the two sections had always shared the same management team, but this process completely re- uh, removed all of the old Dixie Landings terminology, even down to changing some of the road names around there. So I'm going to kind of give you like an example, uh, some examples of these. So the Dixie Drive leading up to the main building became Riverside Drive. The Dixon and Mason platform bus stops became the Blue Bayou platform, which are now just known as South Depot A and River Delta platform South Depot B. Because uh, it's like Blue Bayou platform and then River Delta platform. Uh, the Colonel's Cotton Mill Food Court with the su- with its Southern Trace Bakery Filet Cajun Broiler, Riverside Market and Deli, Blue Bayou Burgers and Chicken, Acadian Pizza and Pasta became Riverside Mill. The Cotton Co-op turned into the River Roost Lounge, and even the Dixie Levee Marina morphed into the Riverside Levee. So they they just kind of got rid of all of that stuff. Um, the combined resort was now to be called Disney's Port Orleans, with the area formerly known just as Port Orleans, changing its official name to Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter, and the area formerly known as Dixie Landings changed to Disney Port Orleans Riverside. 
the combined resort now spans some 325 acres and it featured a total of 3,056 guest rooms, making it the largest in Walt Disney World. So it's fairly large, lots of rooms. Um, after September 11th, 2001, there was a huge drop in tourist demand, and that meant that Disney needed to reduce some of its resort capacity. So from late November of 2001, uh, French Quarter was actually completely closed, and Riverside's capacity was severely curtailed to around 350 rooms. I have a coworker who actually worked at those two resorts at the time and it came up in conversation because this was right around the time when disney was laying off cast members for the current pandemic and yeah. we were asking her like what was it like working at a place that they just let people go she's like it's yeah. just so strange because you'd think you know a resort like this or any disney resort would just kind of stand the test of time and whatnot and here we are years later yeah. after that time and it's still closed and it's been closed yeah. for over a year so i feel like they kind of get the short end of the stick, it seems, the two the two yeah. Borderlands resorts. I mean, I guess it just doesn't – because you're always curious. You're like, well, why don't they just make the rooms cheaper and people will book them? But I guess like they have to make a certain amount in order to keep it running. So it's yeah. like if we're not even breaking even, there's no point. And an interesting thing about this versus the other moderate resorts, the Caribbean Beach is a little bit more centrally located because it's in the middle of the Skyliner line. So I feel like it's still part of a hub. And Coronado yeah. is a little bit different but they have a convention space there. So they kind of like have to keep that resort open. So which yeah, leaves yeah. the two Port Orleans kind of in their own section over there. There's nothing else really around it. I know there's a river connecting it to Disney Springs, not as high right. ticket as a thing as being on right. a, a now Skyliner system that takes you to two different parks. So it kind of makes yeah. sense. It's just unfortunate for those two resorts. Yeah. Uh, and they did say that guests who had bookings, like at the current time, they did contact them and they offered them alternative resorts. So like they, they, it was at the point where they were like, we're shutting down. If you have a reservation, we have to move you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was, and it was November, right? I mean, so September to November, that's just a short period of time. But by the way, you want that to happen to you? Because typically speaking, if they have yeah. to move you, you typically, and I'm not saying all the time, you typically up. get an You're upgrade. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Sasagula River cruise was also taken out of service for several months. Um, as demand picked up again, the French Quarter was reopened for new bookings starting in the May of 2002. And Disney used, you know, they kind of just used that downtime to do some renovations of guest rooms and stuff like that from May 2003 until March of 2004. Um, the freshly reno renovated rooms had new furniture, new carpeting, new wall coverings, and then they remodeled the bathrooms. And then they uh, brought in 200 people back. Like they rehired 200 people of the staff to uh, reopen the resort. Uh, subsequently, there was a year-long renovation work at the large Port Orleans Riverside Resort, and that was undertaken by Frederick Watkins Company of Orlando. Um, and that they did that like as a building by building basis, I don't think. So they didn't have to like close the resort. They were mm -hmm. just sort of doing it as they were going along. Uh, work started with the Magnolia Bend Mansion, March of 2004, and then continued. They, they didn't continue to do the Alligator Bayou Lodges, um, you know, they just kind of were doing like little projects at a time as time went on. 2010 to 2012 there was a huge refurbishment program where all, all these rooms got brand new decor queen beds and flat screen tvs and there's a ton of information on those that i won't get into because i was like this is just way too much stuff but over the course of those two years they pretty much did like refurbs of everything that they could um the french quarters lobby received a fresh new open plan look in 2013 so that was another thing that they updated uh, the rental of personal watercrafts was discontinued in 2014. Most recently in 2016, both of the main feature pool areas have been refreshed, including the installation of extra perimeter fencing and gates and the addition of new aquatic play area at Dublin Lagoon, which opened 
uh, March 7th of 2016. Hmm. The only other thing that I have that I was like, this is so interesting to me. So they had the Sasagula Times. Did you know about this? I have heard of it, yes. Okay, so it's like, it says it was a free handout information sheet that was issued to guests staying in the Port Orleans or Dixie Landings Resort since they first opened. It started as two extremely elaborate eight-page tabloid newspapers, which was the Sasagula Times for Dixie Landings and the Sasagula Sentinel for Port Orleans. It documented the entire fictional backstory to the two resorts, but more recently had been reduced to a single, simple four-page letter format resort information handout. So it was sort of like the Daily Gazette, you know, like it was the yes. newspaper of the time. Um, so I did find, I found some pictures of one, but I did find one. Let me um, get over to it so I can like read you a, a thing from it. This was at a okay. time when Michael Eisner was CEO of Disney, and he was a big mm-hmm. champion of everything as a story. And it's interesting because this is a resort. So to storyline the resort, they created a fake newspaper so that they could introduce the storyline to guests. So assuming that a guest would want to sit down and read this fake newspaper, but in it had the information about what the backstory of the resort is. And I think it's such the older I get, and this is how I know I think I'm just turning into a big nerd, the cooler I think this stuff is. Because as a kid, I'd be like, who cares? Where's the pool? You know what I mean? But as an adult, I'm like, oh, there's a storyline to this resort. I want to know more about this resort storyline. I mean, and this is, so this is an eight page one. Um, this one that I found is the Sasagula Sentinel. I mean, it has like anything like a regular newspaper would have, like it has all these stories and then it has, um, like shopping and golf and park, like advertisements. It has a whole like services page. So if you're looking for something, they have like, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like the one ads, oh, so they yes. have a whole like, like one ad section. Yeah, they've got some maps and a uh, telephone directory thing on here. But I had to read this story. Um, it says, Satchel girls arrive in Port Orleans. When the news spread about the beautiful city that was springing up on the Sasagula, some of the very first inquiries were made by the dozens of young single women that welcomed the opportunity to make a new life for themselves and perhaps perhaps catch a husband in the new world. <laughs> these, yeah, these first Belles de Orleans were called Satchel girls. For each arrived with um, all she owned in a single simple satchel due to the luggage limitation imposed on those who did not own land in the new country. From this hardworking stock of women would come many generations of industrious and spirited citizens that made up the population of the Sasagula Delta. Wow. And they have like a picture with like a girl with a satchel in her hand. <laughs> and I was like, okay, tell me more about these satchels. Oh my gosh. Imagine that yeah. was you, Beth. You're just, you, you decide to move out of your area you toss all of your items into a I satchel. I have no land. I you have head, no land, so I, you know. You head to the new land, and you're just living life down by the river, <laughs> looking to catch yourself a man with everything in your satchel. And this is your living life. Living in a van down by the river. Do you think people were dancing to this? Hold on. Let's hear this one out. That's ridiculous. It's very um, do the Charleston. It is cool. Uh, yeah. th- like this other one says Sasagula Delta claimed in the name of France 1704. So, I mean, it's like all this, like he said, storyline stuff that they want you yeah. to kind of know about like what, you know, what was the Sasagula area? That's so crazy. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool because I'm like, oh, that's like very specific. Also, I'm like, who put this together? Because like whose job was it that they had to put this together? I would Someone to talk very to lucky. People. Seriously, yes. right? Because I'm assuming it was this same one did they just use the same one that they gave out to guests or did they change it i'm sure it was pre-printed and they just had copies of it if that's what you mean i don't yeah. think it was updated 
All right, let's head into some category information, and we'll talk about some of my own personal experiences at these mm -hmm. resorts and some recommendations and whatnot, pros and cons, the usual resort rundown stuff. Um, by the way, if I haven't already mentioned it or if it isn't apparent, I, I think these are beautiful resorts. They have their yeah. own, like, kind of vibe going on, and they're different. We'll talk about how they're different, even though they're, quote, you know, the same resort. And I love that we're talking about the Sasagula River so much because when I was a cast member, specifically with Disney Vacation Club, where we were transporting guests, we were often um, driving over Sasagula River because that the road, Disney Vacation Club way, to get to Saratoga Springs, you have to go yep. over the river. So I would always ask guests if they stayed at any of the Port Orleans resorts or, or Saratoga or Old Key West because they're all connected. And a lot of times people would say, yes, I'm like, oh, the name of that is the Sasagula River. Most of the yeah. time people don't know the name of it. But my the reason why I brought it up is because I'm sick in the head just to get to this punchline, which is um, I love the name Sasagula. I'm trying to convince my wife if we ever get another pet, we're going to name her Sasagula or Sassy for short, you know, named after her father. And uh, and like no one laughed as much as I did at that joke, <laughs> but I think it's fun that we get to talk even more about the Sasagula. Yeah. But all along, I had no, I had no idea it was uh, named for the word for Mississippi. Right, and don't you love also how like um, white white America how we <laughs> have um, always said like yeah we're gonna give names of things homages to Native Americans you know because we stole their land so it's yeah, the oops. least we could do. Yes. <laughs> like, the least we can do is name oh the land we gosh. stole after them. Yes. Right, I'm like, and then they're like, oh, but we can't have this because it's too racist but we're gonna keep sasagul i'm like oh. okay all right let's keep going <laughs> but isn't sasagul is so fun to say that's why i liked i mentioned oh, it to pretty much to every guest in my van it's, whether it's they wanted to hear about it or not. oftentimes they did to be to be clear they did usually get a kick out of it okay so <laughs> let's talk about uh the two resorts what the price ranges are the available rooms the different restaurants shops and recreation mm -hmm. available at these places we'll start with french quarter and by the way the one thing that's kind of unique about these two resorts compared to the other ones are that there really isn't a large variety of rooms. So typically uh, with the deluxe, you have all these different types of suites that are often named, you know, and even Caribbean Beach, which was the first moderate we talked about, they have a couple of different theme um, yeah. things, or at least they have the pirate themes and different different views. But uh, the French Quarter has really only one size room. It's a standard room, so to speak. It's 314 square feet. Um, the difference in the rooms are the views. So a standard room, which is the two beds, um, you can either have a standard view, garden view, pool view, or a river view. They sleep uh, four plus an infant. Um, if you happen to get a king-size standard room, that means it's just the one king-size bed that mm -hmm. sleeps two plus an infant. So obviously, if you're going there with a small number of people, you might want to get a king bed. Right. Um, the rooms range from $228 to $411 in that one. Or if you're getting the king, which is the most expensive room, I guess this is the one where it's a little bit extra. That's anywhere from two fifty nine to four twenty five. So the most expensive room on the most expensive day of the year is four twenty five. When in compared to the other Disney resorts, it sounds pretty inexpensive. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. on the lower end of Disney resorts. Over at Riverside, there's a little bit more going on here. Their standard room is the same size, 314 square feet. They have a fifth sleeper room available. So either you get the, the standard two queen beds and that sleeps four plus an infant, mm -hmm. or the fifth sleeper has the like the, let's call it a junior bed that folds down yeah. out from underneath a little like dresser the thing dresser. with the TV. Not meant yeah. for an adult. So it's five, uh, you know, technically can fit you in You like room. go to pull out the drawer for the dresser and you're like, oh, just oh, kidding. Whoops. It's a bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that room ranges or those rooms range from 228 to 400. Unlike French Quarter, there are preferred rooms here. They range from 280 to 424. They are the five sleeper. 
and they have courtyard, garden, or landscaping views. And what's unique about Riverside are the royal guest rooms, which, by the way, Ooh, are really cool. We'll talk a little fancy. bit more about them. Uh, but the royal guest rooms have a standard view, pool view, river view, or woods view. Same size, 314 Those square are for feet. the kings and queens of the Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> They're cool. We'll talk about them. These rooms range from 280 to 453. So the coolest room here on property on at these two resorts, in my opinion, is the royal guest room. And the most you'll pay for it in the year 2021 is 453 a night plus tax. So let's talk about some restaurants. French Quarter has the Scat Cats Club, which is a lounge and a Sasagula Float Works and Food Factory quick service. They currently do not have a table service restaurant. There is one over at Riverside, though, that is Boatwright's Dining Hall for a table service restaurant. By the way, Boatwright is just the word for someone who builds boats, kind of like a playwright is someone who writes plays or creates plays. Mm -hmm. A boatwright is someone who creates boats. There is the River Roost Lounge, which if you've ever heard of uh, Yeehaw Bob, which is a performer that does his, his let's call it a piano routine, um, yeah. several nights a week. Not now, obviously, the resort's not operating. Not sure if he'll right. be back when the resort reopens. I'm, I'm really hoping because it's a cool experience, especially for Christmas. He does a whole different holiday show mm -hmm. that's over there at the River Roost. And there is a food court style thing here called the Riverside Mill Food Court. French Quarter has, of course, a merchandise location, Jackson Square Gifts, which I know you mentioned. And Jackson Square is a real place in New Orleans named after President Andrew Jackson. Uh, in the 18th century, that real Jackson Square was known as a, quote, gathering place for people who wanted to conduct business and socialize. Ooh. So if you want to conduct business and socialize, yeah. head down to the gift shop of French Quarter. If you want to make it legit, you want to make a yes. legit deal. You got to go to the square. Uh, Riverside has the Fulton's General Store. And it's not a coincidence that it's the Fulton's General Store because Robert Fulton is credited as the engineer inventor who developed the first commercially successful steamboat, which we know is like part of the the theme of this resort. Yeah. It's a staple of the theme of Riverside, obviously. There's quite a bit of recreation happening at these two resorts. Of course, like you mentioned, there's some fishing available. There's an arcade at French Quarter called the Medicine Show Arcade. And this is another thing where I was like, okay, what does that mean? Because I figured like with the gift shops, yeah. Jackson Square probably meant something. Right. Fulton probably meant something. Medicine Show also means something. A medicine show was known as a traveling show using entertainers to attract a crowd within which remedies okay. or like drugs were sold, like medicine and yeah. stuff. Interesting. Okay, interesting. So they kind of yeah. took that history of the idea of attracting people to almost like a trade show, and they named their arcade after that here at Port Orleans Riverside. Before Amazon Prime existed, you had to invite the people to you to buy your stuff. A medicine show. Hmm, okay. At French Quarter, in addition to the pools you mentioned, you can also do the beignet dash fun run. We'll talk more about the beignets in a moment. Tell Hot me more about over there beignets. At French Quarter. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but there is a run you could do where you run and eat some beignets. It isn't an yeah. additional cost, but like you are getting a food item at the end. So keep that in mind. There yeah, are the horse-drawn carriages. Then you're going to throw up that food item. So is it really, do you really want to pay for it? I mean, I would do it. <laughs> I would do it. Because the run, I'm sure, isn't long. And yeah. like you mentioned, there are um, horse-drawn, horse? There are horse-drawn <laughs> excursions over at Riverside mm -hmm. in the Old Man Island Playground pool and spa and all that. Um, <laughs> where are you going there. to get your nails done? I'm going to the Old Man Spa. Yeah. <laughs> Old man, old man spa. island old man island spa as a kid 
we went we stayed at Riverside quite a bit and back then when we stayed there was Dixie Landings. My mom still has a Dixie yeah. Landing shot glass on like oh a gosh. small like rack in her kitchen of shot glasses. You're gonna and need stuff. to get a photo of that. Yeah. And uh, I remember that because as a kid it was one of the few resorts we went to that had a slide. And okay. I know that Port Orleans French Quarter did too, but we just didn't stay there. And it was like the coolest thing because as a kid, going down the slide on your own was like this big moment of independence. <laughs> Obviously, my mom and my dad were watching the kid, like watching us, right? But right, we got to go right. up on our own, go to the top of the stairs of the pool, and then go down the side. And it was like the coolest things at the time. I was probably seven-ish when this ride, seven or eight when this you know resort opened up or when Dixie Landings officially Little opened up before Greg. the said. Little Greg, full head of hair, big old mushroom cut. Most of it blonde. <laughs> I was born with blonde hair, by the way. I bet your bathing and, suit was uh, like way too big for you. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of the different sections, the type of views that are available, some food I might be able to recommend, and some general pros and cons of the resort. We've mentioned this before. When it comes to moderate and value resorts, the different views available are kind of difficult here for me because there are different views available, but there are no private balconies in the room. These are the outdoor right. or external hallways where you're in your room and that's it. If you want to mm-hmm. see what's going on around you, you, you do have windows, obviously, but the downside is those windows are out to the hallway where people are walking by. Yep. And obviously there is less foot traffic on the second and third floor if you're in a building with a third floor than there are on the ground floor, but like still people can just see you right in your room. So for yep. me personally... Um, I don't recommend going out of your way to get, let's say, a courtyard view or a woods view or a pool view um, because you're really not going to be able to take advantage of it. There is something called the, quote, poor man's balcony, which is where you take the the two chairs from, like, the small, like, bistro table in your room and put them outside your, your uh. door and <laughs> overlook. But, like, you know, yeah. everyone can walk by it because it's a communal yeah. space. So that's totally up to you. Um, I will say, though, if you're in a room with a pool view, that obviously means you're close to the pool because you can see it. So if you want to look at it that way, it's not so much that you get a pool view, it's that you're right next to the pool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So proximity to the pool is, is, if that's your priority, I would say go for it. And really, the preferred rooms over at Riverside get you closer to the action, so to speak, closer to the main building. And that's, that's really up to if you think the money is worth it, if you find value in that and not having to, let's say, walk sometimes Walk. quite a bit yeah. from the main building out to your building. Otherwise, you know, do do what you got to do. The different sections of these resorts are interesting to me, really specifically Riverside. Um, French Quarter is all the same general vibe there. It's all that, that Mardi Gras kind of thing. Like you mentioned, yeah. like the stone um, walkways and like the nice kind of paved sidewalks. And honestly, when you're walking back there, it does have like a small city vibe. I've never been to actual New Orleans, Nolens, never yeah. been there. But from what I've seen in movies and pictures, it does like actually have like quite a, quite a cool Mardi Gras vibe back there. Yeah. Um, I keep lifting my shirt. No one throws beads at me. I'm not really sure what's happening. But <laughs> over at Riverside, not. they have two really distinct sections that you mentioned when you talk about the construction of it. The Alligator Bayou was one and then the Magnolia Bend. And I will tell you, having stayed primarily in Magnolia Bend um, as it became Riverside... It's beautiful over there. These big white mansion houses, I just think, are so awesome. And you don't really get that kind of theming at any of the other resorts. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that theming. It's just different. And the royal guest rooms, I got to tell you, are cool. So, again, something to keep in mind, it's the same size as the other rooms in the resort. It's the, the 314 square feet, and they sleep just four. 
the royal guest rooms. It's four adults and, and one infant if you need, you know, a little crib or whatever. But some of the items in the room are awesome. So uh, just a, a quick rundown of what some of those things are that make this a royal mm-hmm. guest room. One, you get portraits of all the princesses on the wall. And then on like mm-hmm. that little bistro table I was mentioning, there's a note from Tiana who let you know that she helped decorate the resort to make you feel more like more like she does, kind of bring you into that princess vibe. The, the faucet in the bathroom is in the shape of the genie lamp from Aladdin. And also there's a magic carpet in the design on the carpet in the room. There are little Cinderella-like emblems on the coat hangers in the room. There is a, let's say, a little extra magic on the headboard. So it's like kind of like this old south kind of swamp marshland vibe. And you press a little button and fireworks go off on the headboard. Nice. And it's a really cool thing. As an adult, Very I'm cool. saying it's cool. So I imagine yeah, yeah. what it's like for kids. So there's quite a, and that's not everything. That's just a couple of things to look for. So when you, if you do decide to stay at this resort and get a room at the real guest room and you're there with kids or whomever, take the time, go like look around the room. Even though the room itself isn't large, there's a lot to look at, a lot to take in, a lot mm-hmm. to like find the, the nods to the different princess movies and stuff. It's cool stuff. I think yeah. it's awesome. Love the vibe. I mean, cause a lot of like, especially French quarter, a lot of that. So we are, so I grew up in Charleston. Charleston's a sister city to like the French quarter of new Orleans Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, it was basically based off of that, like the way that the architecture and stuff is. So it's a lot of like piazzas and the, like the iron, um, iron, um, railings and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that are like up on the floor of the, uh, like the balconies and stuff like that. So I love that. And then the big mat, like the big mat houses. I mean, they're essentially plantation houses, right? Yes. Reminds me of like the big houses on the battery in downtown Charleston where it's, I mean, this is where like generals and leaders of military and stuff like that lived in these huge like mansions. That's what they were. They were like mansions, but they're like old South mansions and they're just beautiful. And then because there's magnolia trees everywhere. So, of course, that's the whole like magnolia thing, because if you've ever seen like magnolia trees, some of them can be small and some of them can be ginormous, like the size of a house. Like, I don't understand the difference. I'm just like, (laughs) why is this one like this big for life? And that one is the size of a house for life. I don't get it. Um, but it's just beautiful and I love magnolia flowers. They're gorgeous. So I love the whole like deep South theme of it, you know, aside from all the racial stuff, yes. you know, it's still beautiful. It's very yes. cool. I, I think it's so, it's so fun. And I, there really isn't any other resort that really captures it like this one. So I right. just think it's so fun very to different. walk around, mm-hmm. um, for the food here. So I will tell you probably the most popular item at either of these two resorts are the beignets over at French quarter. Yes. So I know beignets are popular in actual Nolans, and I get that. And this is, the, I guess, the closest thing you'll get over here in, in Disney to that specific thing. But I will let you know, those of you in your party that have a gluten allergy, which includes my wife, they do have gluten-free versions of it, which are awesome because nice. everyone loves fried dough, right? How do you go wrong yes. if you're able to eat it? It's delicious. Yeah. And our most recent trip to Port Orleans French Quarter, um, because they've kind of recently redone the food court, like you mentioned, and um, the one meal we've had there in the newer version of their food court was their, like, a protein salad. It was the Sasagula mm-hmm. Power Salad with Chicken. Excellent. Because sometimes, you know, Good. food courts kind of get a bad rap as only having yeah. chicken fingers and french fries and hot dogs and, and hamburgers. Pizzas, and right? Like yeah, and don't get me wrong. Still an option. But yeah. our, our quick service places in Disney have really come a long way with variety of things. And they're really doing a good job of theming it to the theme of the resort. And this mm-hmm. is no exception. And the menu that's posted in the app right now is the same as it was back then. So I'm assuming when they reopen in October that they're going to continue to offer that food. So highly recommend that and, and kind of keep your eyes peeled for those types of salads 
and whatnot because there's some like interesting stuff and over in riverside they have the po' boy sandwiches and all that kind of stuff that's maybe like a stereotypical theme food but still available over there all right let's talk about some random random tips and some pros and cons for these resorts I will say, um, like I mentioned with the beignets, keep your eyes peeled on the menu because for a while over at French Quarter, they were doing what they were calling boozy beignets, which is where they had different flavored beignets or different options for the beignets where they gave you an injector of alcohol that you pop into the beignet, push out the liquor into the beignet so it absorbs it, and then you get to eat it. Obviously, this is for adults only, 21 and up, but like... Way to, you know, way to combine two really fun things in one mm-hmm. over at French Quarter. What a Quarter. great name, too. Boozy Beignets. Boozy Beignets. Loving it. I will say, please do yourself the favor of giving this, both of these resorts, a full walking tour if you're staying here. Go out along the Sasagula River. You can walk in between both resorts. Um, basically, between each main building, once you're out there on the walkway up against the river, it's about a 10-minute walk, maybe 10 to 15 minutes you know, weather permitting, heat and humidity and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're able to go out there and walk and explore it, do it. It's it's such a such a cool vibe to be able to catch in both. And I'll tell you, especially early in the morning when like the resort hasn't quote woken up yet all the way, you know? Right. Or at night when the stars are out. It's just it's such a beautiful place to be. I remember when I first started going to Disney with like a real life camera, like a real more than like a point and shoot kind of camera. Yeah. I was getting so many long exposure type photos of of the dock out there in Riverside and the different mansions. And it's just like, it's so cool to be able to walk around. So if you have some extra time, I think it's a great idea. If you want to get some extra steps in, let's say if you're doing a light Mm -hmm. park day or the day that maybe you're checking in or out, that kind of thing, I definitely recommend walking around. They're just, they're just cool resorts to walk around. And it's not very often you get to do two resorts in one basically because they're so close to each other. Um, That said, they're, they're definitely different. So let's talk about a con well, this is kind of like a okay. pro and a con of both of these resorts. So okay. French Quarter has a centralized pickup for the buses. It's just the one spot outside the main building. Okay. Whereas Riverside has the sections, kind of like Caribbean Beach, where you, you have a bus station closer to your section of right. of your room. So there are built-in pros and cons with that, right? So the, the pro for the centralized bus pickup location at French Quarter is once you're on the bus, you're leaving. You get on the bus, it takes you right to your destination, the park or wherever right. you're going. Whereas at Riverside, you have to do the tour, the grand tour of the resort sometimes. Mm -hmm. However, the con to the centralizes, you may have quite a bit of a walk. If you're in either corner of French Quarter, you have to walk to the main building. You can't just kind of walk out of your room basically and catch a near bus station. Whereas you can over at Riverside. So it really just depends on what it is you're looking for and what outweighs what for you in these two resorts. Cool. The boat ride to Disney Springs is a huge pro of both of these resorts. It's definitely a relaxing ride. I would not say it's the the most efficient in terms of time. But if you've got the time and you want a nice relaxing ride to Disney Springs, take the boat over the Sasagula River because um, you start back there at the Port Orleans Resorts. You go underneath Disney Vacation Clubway and then you come out and Old Key West is on your right. The treehouse villas of saratoga springs is on your left and you get to see them like pretty up close from the water and it's cool and then you get to go up along the shore of saratoga springs and eventually sort of come into disney springs and it's beautiful over there and i'll tell you that as someone who has worked at saratoga springs because the cast parking lot overlooks the sasagula river mm-hmm. and when i was on my lunch break i would watch the boats go by of very happy people either going to and from disney springs <laughs> and it's beautiful and like 
over there you get to see the Cirque du Soleil building. You always get to see where the big uh, balloon is, like the big hot air balloon. And at certain times of day, especially early in the morning, and even more at night as sunset starts to happen, it's like really beautiful yeah. over there. Take your and uh, you get to experience make, that on a boat. And do your, um, if you want a little added, you know, magic to it, you can just do your Savannah accent with commentary and that'll just make yes. everyone's day better while you're on it. <laughs> make you feel like you're really in the deep south there. Yes. Although sometimes I'd be napping in my car. So <laughs> I would put like my sun, like the sunscreen thing up, up like yeah. the visor. Yeah. The sunshade thing up. So people couldn't see me potentially like, you know, drooling every now and then, not all the time, but you know, I don't know what they yeah. can see. Who knows? There are pet-friendly rooms over at Riverside. To my knowledge, it's just in the Alligator Bayou section. I don't think there's any in the Magnolia Bend. I'm actually waiting for qualification on this because I'm trying to book a room there. <laughs> and so yeah. we can bring Reba. But the last I heard before the shutdown is that it's only at, at uh, Alligator Bayou. I'm wondering if maybe it changed, but I'm guessing it probably has not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are traveling to this resort with a car... One pro about Riverside is that you can get close to your building. Actually, that's for both resorts. So a pro for both resorts is you get to park close to your building. So it's not like the same as some resorts where there's just one parking lot and you have to like walk pretty far to get to it. You are able to park close um, to your building. There are sections of parking parking lots here, which is good. Um, A con about Riverside in the Alligator Bayou is that there are no elevators in the buildings. So if you're there with kids or anyone that might make your climb up a story of stairs a challenge, just know that the Alligator Bayou section are two-story buildings with no elevator. There are elevators in the Magnolia Bend section um, of Riverside, but none in Alligator Bayou. Mm. As far as fun times I've had at these resorts, um, most of them happened in like one visit when we weren't even staying there, which is kind of interesting. So <laughs> we happened to go once during, um, actually it was on Easter day. So, and this is not unique to this resort, but this is one of the resorts that participates in this kind of thing. Typically this doesn't happen at value resorts and some of the moderates and most of the, re- the deluxe resorts do this. But the last time it, the, this resort was open on Easter Sunday, there were characters out and like their pastel Easter character, nice. you know, okay. uh, costumes or yeah. their Easter outfits. And it was awesome. And I think it was Daisy was hanging out over in the Magnolia Bend, sec- Bend section, like the big, ma- like it was such a cool vibe to be able to go out yeah. in like a garden kind of a thing and meet these characters. So if you happen to be staying at one of these resorts on a holiday, and they probably will do this for Christmas too, um, generally speaking, I, I don't know about this post-pandemic world, but as we continue to get yeah. back to normal here, um, look out for that kind of stuff. That type of information would be in like the rundown of um, recreational activities. You can't miss it. It's the same either document or big poster board that'll tell you what you know what the movie movies under the stars are or the different right. like the tie dyeing things that we've talked about that they do. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And for Mardi Gras, because obviously French Quarter is a big you know Mardi Gras style resort, they do a Mardi Gras parade there with um like golf carts and stuff yeah and it's cool so it's not this, it's not a high budget thing which kind of makes it fun like the parade sure i talked about at, Fr- at fort wilderness they're not throwing out beads to people flashing them no well they i throw guess out beads, though don't they don't people say throw what? out beads don't people throw out beads i think they do throw out beads yeah. yeah from what i remember i remember walking away with with some beads i'm sure i have them somewhere in here hanging up um or in a draw somewhere but um, it's cool. So it's like a little extra, like fun thing to do on, on a certain holiday yeah. and, uh, just keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, we've stayed here a couple of times. I mean, we used to stay here 
a ton as a kid. Um, I just actually remembered as I was sitting here thinking of this, there was one time as a kid when my brother and I were both kids and we were staying with our family. My brother as a kid was a bigger dude, you know, let's say. Um, he, say? I think, was either jumping or had jumped on the bed and one of the legs broke. And I remember, like, as a kid, it was stressful for my parents. And I didn't yeah. really fully understand the scenario. But we had to, like, call and claim that the bed was broken when we checked in because we, I guess, like, they didn't want to be responsible yeah. for the bed damage because, like, I don't know. You probably have to pay for that kind of thing. Is that a Disney confession? <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's a pre-confession. Like, it's obviously me. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't I didn't do anything. And this was so long ago. It was probably Dixie Landings at the time when this happened. But I don't know anyone who's broken a bed. I'm sure there are some activities happening in the guest rooms that may result yeah. in a broken bed. Maybe. But I'll Maybe. assure you that that was not this for sure. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yes. So whenever someone asks me, you know, is, are the Port Orleans resorts worth it? Like, how do they compare to Caribbean Beach or Coronado? I would say just a totally different vibe from Coronado. It's so much more laid back. Yeah. Um, and, and Caribbean Beach, don't get me wrong, is a laid back resort. But I feel like this, is, Riverside specifically, it's even more laid back. Like, it's such a relaxing vibe. The pools there are just big enough. The uh, food court at Riverside, I think, has a capacity of 450 guests, give or take. It's a big... It's a big food court. I will say uh, most people that I've talked to that have stayed at the resort love this resort. Like it's a, it's one that they try to go back to every time. I, I, I don't think I've talked to anyone that stayed there that's like, it's not worth it. We hated it. Yeah. So it is definitely a favorite of people. I think it's just kind of one of those like hidden gems. Like you just don't really hear about it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you would think because of the more like Southern vibe, vibe of it, not a lot of people would want to stay there, but I feel like the people that do stay there absolutely love it. So Yeah. I remember talking to some guests once who are from New Orleans, and they were telling me, they were like, you'd think that we would stay at some other resort to like switch up our lifestyle. Yeah. They're like, no, we just love, love French Quarter so much yeah. that we continue to stay here, even though it just reminds us of home. And I feel like that's a real testament to the authenticity of the resort's theme. And one last thing about Port Orleans French Quarter before we wrap up our resort rundown here is the grounds on the resort are beautiful. There are so many opportunities for some nice photos. You'll see there's like these nice courtyards, big open green spaces, a couple of fountains. I know Nicole and I have gotten some photos throughout the years. Uh, certainly the last time we stayed there, I remember we got a couple. So I feel like if you're looking to do a quick little like on the fly amateur family photo shoot, just go out there with your cell phone and take some nice selfies. I think you'll enjoy it. All right, that'll do us for this resort rundown of these two resorts. Um, before we get to some history and whatnot, shout out to World Traveler Trading Code. Did we all see what I posted to our story? Yeah. Um, Stephanie has invented, let's say, has come out with these ear holder ear holders, like fobs kind of a thing where it yeah. sort of attaches to like your purse or your whatever. It's still got the hook. Or your backpack if you're in the parks. Yeah. It's built with Great. a little snap in it. So when you go on an attraction or you're walking around and want to give your head a break for your ears, it's got this like little snap in there and it just holds your Mickey ears. And I think that's yeah. such a cool thing. And if you have any kind of loops, sometimes you have loops on the inside of your backpacks. These would be yeah. great for that to stick on the inside and put your ears in. But um, yeah, definitely great. Go check it out. And if you want to save some money, we have a code and it is that park life, that park life. So save you some moolah there. But yeah, definitely check out the ear holders. They're great. And now for some. Disney history, as always, brought to you by The Mouselets. Check out their website. Check out their merch over at themouselets.com. And they're always churning out these awesome TikTok videos. So make sure you're following them there, too. All right. What you got? 
Okay, I'm taking us back to 1999, when the first Disney Fast Pass ticket was given out at Walt Disney World. Hmm. It was the new virtual queue system. It allowed guests to avoid long lines of the attractions on which the system is installed, freeing them to enjoy other attractions during their wait. So yeah, that was like the birth of the Disney Fast Pass. And I think the Mouselets actually just had a little thing on this recently about the Fast Pass tickets because they were asking people like, did you get the tickets? Do you remember? Did you love it? All of that. I loved it because you could like do more. You could do more with with them. And it was nice because you would have people... um, I mean, there were times when Doug and I would get like the paper tickets from other people or, you know what I mean? Like they, it would be find like them on the ground. Yeah. You'd find them on the ground or somebody couldn't use them and they turn around and like give them to you because they couldn't. It would just be like a random thing. And you're like, yes, yeah. thank you. I will take that for right now. <laughs> um, and that's all you had to show. It wasn't anything like a super official. So I loved it. I'm going to take us back to 1989 when the former Town Square Cafe, which opened in 1971, an opening day restaurant for Main Street USA, reopened as Tony's Town Square Cafe. Originally an open-air dining courtyard, they of course made it fully enclosed and themed after the owner of the Italian restaurant in the film The Lady and the Tramp. And I still have not eaten there, turns out. You're not missing anything. That's what I hear, so that's why I'm not worried about it. Yeah hate to say it i wish it was better the italians should be real mad <laughs> yes um nicole and i always laugh because if you've ever watched the diz on either youtube or the website um the main guy there pete refers to their sauce as sewage and we think that's yeah, the funniest thing it is it's funny to me i second that i have not tasted it so that's those are not my words i'm mm-hmm. just quoting someone else <laughs> uh, speaking of quotes we do have a disney quote coming your way uh in a little bit Before then, if you like what you heard today, feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. We got a few new ones over the past couple of days, and they warm my heart, as always, when I'm going out there and reading them. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram or TikTok, we are on both platforms there, at That Park Life Podcast, Mm -hmm. or my personal Instagram is at The Disney Greg. And I am at The Real Beth McDonald. We have a few things going on our website that you can submit in things for. Like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, if you want to submit your anonymous Disney confession, you can do that there. You can also submit a magical cast member moment if you want to share a magical moment you've had, something that was created by a cast member. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to spread a little Disney magic, send a little pixie dust to someone you know. It's free for you, free for them. And uh, it's a way for you to request us to send a little, a little something, something their way. A little womp 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 and a class act. <laughs> Sally O'Malley. That is a magic gram, and you can do that for this. You know, submit a magic gram there on our website. All right, a quote for you today from a animated classic, The Jungle Book. This oh. one comes to us from Baloo, who says, "Quote." Don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. Mm. Ooh. Them goods word. Cuts deep. Cuts deep, Baloo. Deep as always. All right. Well, I'll be a little less deep next week when we talk about our Disney confession. Disney so confession. thanks for hanging out with us this week as we do our resort rundown on two like awesome moderate resorts. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully you all out there either get a chance to stay there or visit there because it's totally worth it. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.